Let's take our Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, if you would, tonight. And find, if you would, verse 16. Galatians 5 and verse 16. Well, we had a great meal and a great time of fellowship, and that was excellent food. It was really, really good. And so I am thankful for all the work that went into that. Galatians 5, and find, if you would, verse 16. We'll read a few verses, 16 to verse 18, and then skip down to verse 25. And then we'll jump into the message this evening. Again, let me remind you of Wednesday night being friend night. Uh, please be in prayer. Uh, towards that evening, I, I know uh, ones that have been burdened about uh, specific people that they're inviting for Wednesday. So would you pray about that? And would you invite someone that needs to come and hear the gospel on Wednesday as well? If you have Galatians 5, would you stand with me out of respect of God's word? Verse 16, the Bible says this in Galatians 5, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Skip, if you would, to verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The title of the message this evening, Walking in the Spirit. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you would guide and direct. Lord, fill me with your Spirit. And Lord, help, I pray, every aspect of this message and the remainder of this service would be under your control and that you'd have your full way in our lives. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I had the incredible experience about six or seven years ago to go to Tanzania, Africa, and doing so, I had the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with my son Caleb, and it was by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my life physically, no doubt about it. It took about six days, and uh, that was the shortest time. You have a six-day, uh, eight-day, or a ten-day opportunity, and by law, you have to have a guide, and uh, the guide is theirs to help you not die. I thought that was pretty helpful. And uh, so we got a guide and uh, actually a couple porters and things. And, and uh, so we're, we're going on this, uh, this climb. And we start about 5,000 feet. And you go up to 7,000 and, and then 9,000. And you maybe camp down at 7.5 or so. And then you climb up to, to 11 and 11 or 12,000. You camp down at 11. And so it's acclimating your body to the elevation. Because on the last climb, the last evening, you're actually about 50% uh, oxygen level uh, on the very, very uh, top. And so the last climb, it's the, the last night, you, you get to bed about 8, you sleep until about uh, a little bit before midnight, you get up, you already have your snow, your winter gear and everything on, it's, it's below freezing, and you start climbing at midnight, and then that's not exciting. And, uh, and you get there at uh, about 6 in the morning, uh, right at sunrise, because that's the only guaranteed time for good weather. Well, in doing all of this, you have to follow the guide. And oftentimes, our group would intersect with other groups. And we'd recognize, oh, there's that person who's panting for oxygen. And I recognize them. And, and uh, so we'd, we'd cross. And I said, well, why don't we go this way? He said, no, no, we're going this route. No, 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 we have to go this way. 
well, why can't we go, just go straight up, just keep on going? No, no, no. You, have to, uh, you have to go this particular way or you're going to get sick. And, uh, or uh, as well, you have very, very um, bad things happen. And uh, it really is a, a life and death situation. In fact, our pediatrician had made the climb. He said while he was on the mountain, two people um, had headaches and they felt sick. And so they went to the tent to take a nap and they never woke up. And there have been people that have tried to go without um, a guide, and they have lost their life. You see, following our guide and going in the right direction really is a matter of life or death. In order to experience the life that God intends for us as a Christian, we need to be walking in the Spirit and following our guide, the Spirit of God. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit, and how can we experience this on a daily basis? As we look at the walking in the Spirit, I'm going to have um, groups of two. First of all, we're going to see two steps, and then we're going to have two directions, and then finally two results in helping us understand walking in the Spirit versus walking in the flesh. First of all, when we're walking in the Spirit, we've got to recognize this, that there's two steps. That is, I meaning two types of steps. What are the two types of steps, if you would? Uh, well, let's look at verse 16 for the first one. It says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. First of all, if you'd mark this down, it would be a step of faith. Specifically, it's a step of faith depending upon the power of the Spirit to overcome the flesh. Here's our first type of step. If we're walking in the Spirit, the first is a step of faith to depend upon the power of the Spirit to overcome the flesh and the sin that the flesh would produce. Uh, as we look at this, we see the clear and direct promise that we're going to access and want to access even tonight. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is a power, a promise for power, no doubt, to overcome the flesh. Now, earlier uh, yesterday, I asked how many here have ever walked on water. Uh, did anybody else have any walk on water? Uh, no, I experienced, oh, we had one hand, uh, and I don't mean frozen water, <laughs> and, uh, but it has to be uh, liquid water. No, you say you have it. Well, what would you say if I said, my son Jonathan has walked on water? You'd say, you're pulling our leg. <laughs> That's what you would say. Well, we uh, oftentimes with our family reunions, we would go to state parks and at a state park, they have a lake typically and a lake. You have these paddle boats, canoes and different things that you can rent. Well, my kids always want to say, hey, can we rent the paddle boat? I, I, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but it's the ones that actually you, you pedal. Maybe it's a pedal boat. I don't know. And, uh, and so you, you move your feet like a bicycle, you know, pedal, and then it, and, uh, then it goes. And you, move, you do it faster and it goes no faster. It just exerts more energy. I hate them, uh, but I do it every time. Yeah, sure, we can rent them. And uh, so, so we're out on the boat, and, and we're doing it. And there's another family member. They have one, and another, another uh, relatives, they have one. And so we have three out there. And we're, we went ahead, hey, come over here. And we get one connected to this side and one connected to this side. And, and we're on the end and we're doing all kinds of fun things. We've got three of them. We're doing, you know, kind of circles like this and everything else and just having a good time. Well, we're over on this side and my son Jonathan is on the end. He says, hey, Dad, is it okay if I go over there to the other boat on the other side? And I said, sure. He's a good swimmer and 
Yeah, that's all right. So he stands up, takes a couple steps on our boat. He gets to the, where there's the little bit of a crack between the two boats. He steps over. He walks along the second boat, and he gets to the crack between the, the second boat and the third boat. He steps over the crack. He walks on the third boat, and then he sits down. My son Jonathan walked on water. You say, wait a minute, that is not fair. That's not the same as Peter. Yes, I know, I know. You say, that's not fair because the only way for him to do that, to make it possible, is to walk on the boats on the water. And that's the point. The only way possible for you to have victory over the flesh is to walk in the spirit to overcome the flesh. There is no other way. Your default setting, your personality, your um, uh, experiences throughout all the years of being a saved Christian does not help you in any way. It is only the Spirit of God, not yourself. First of all, there is the step of faith depending upon the power of the Spirit to overcome the flesh. The second type of step is the step of surrender. Look, if you would, at verse 25. Galatians 5, verse 25. The Bible says this, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the spirit if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit i believe it's saying since we have life since we have this life in the spirit then let us walk in the spirit now i'm going to say this is a step of surrender to his leadership it's talking about being uh led in the spirit in verse 18 but if you be led of the spirit you're not under the law you say well what do you mean well, the word in verse 25 for walk is actually a different Greek word than in verse 16. In verse 16, it's just walk. You could walk over here. You could walk over there. You could walk in a circle, uh, uh, just whatever, any direction. You could, you could go wherever. It's just generally walk. But in verse 25, it is to step in a line or to march so here it is, I'm walking, but I'm walking in step. I'm walking and I'm marching when my leader says to march. Now, right now, currently, my oldest son is at basic training. I said uh, he got to his resort a couple weeks ago. <laughs> How are you enjoying everything? <laughs> I'm sure they, they, they uh, welcomed him very, very nicely. And uh, so when they say march... You just say, well, D.I. I I didn't know what a D.I. was until he started talking. It's it's a drill instructor. You're D.I. If your D.I. says, march, do you just say, well, I'm a little sore from yesterday? (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Well, we marched over there the, the other time. Can we march this way? No, no. When he says march, you better step and stay in step with the cadence and you halt when he says halt, and about face or whatever it is when he says to do so. There's a difference here. Here it is, okay, follow my lead. The Spirit of God is our guide, and he is leading us through life, and we should stay in step with the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We do that by surrendering. Would you surrender? So walking in the Spirit, I really believe... There's a steps. Okay, if we're going to walk, walking is what? It's just repeated steps. Okay, if I'm going to walk with somebody, I can't just walk one step. I have to continue. So how do we start? 
We start in the Christian life by walking by faith. As ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Colossians 2, 6 says. How do you receive Jesus Christ? The Bible says in John 1, 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How you receive Jesus Christ is by believing. When you believe and you depend upon Jesus Christ to be your Savior, you're receiving him and his gift of eternal life. Receiving and believing aren't two different decisions. They're not two phases of the decision. It's not two steps. It's simultaneous. It's one. I'm receiving Christ. I'm believing. So as you receive Christ, how did you do so? You receive Christ by grace through faith, and you took that first step. Now, as we're walking in the Spirit, it's reiterated steps. I don't have to get saved again, but I take a step of faith, trusting God to overcome the flesh. I take a step of surrender, guiding, allowing Him to guide me. I continue to take a step of faith, step of surrender, and I'm walking with the Spirit. This should be our guide in our walk. Walking in the Spirit, there's two steps. But not only that, there are two directions. Notice the two directions. Uh, look, look, if you would, at verse 17. The Bible says this, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. These are two opposites, and obviously opposite directions because of that. And at any given point in our life, we need to understand this. We are either walking in the spirit, or we're walking in the flesh. Okay, now look at verse 17 again. Let's examine it. What's the third option? For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You say, Brother Miller, I don't see a third option. That's right. So, I'm either in the spirit, or I'm in the flesh. I'm walking this direction in the spirit, or I'm walking this direction in the flesh, that's the only two options. So if someone says, hey, are you filled with the Spirit? And I believe filled with the Spirit is uh, in correlation and, and uh, synonymous here uh, with this. And uh, if you're filled with the Spirit, well, I don't know. Are you walking in the Spirit? I don't know. Uh, I, well, are you in the flesh? No, I'm not in the flesh. I don't think I'm in the Spirit. There's no, no man zone. There's not a neutral, like, nothingness. <laughs> it's one direction or the other. Um, when um, we hiked, I like to do backpacking and different things. And, and I like to go places where you almost die. It really is. It makes it more exciting. And uh, so we, we have hiked down to the Grand Canyon and such. You have to take all your water supply. And there's one particular place we go to have a soup pie. And it's, it, means, um, uh, it means people of the blue-green water. And so you go down there in this beautiful turquoise water and waterfalls, just gorgeous. And, uh, but if you're walking, you're going the wrong direction, well, you, you're, you're just, you're, it's too bad because there is no water supply. You have to have everything. But when you're walking down, you might pass people walking up. I've never asked anybody walking out of the canyon, where are you going? <laughs> They're going up to their car and getting out of there. They're going to the hilltop. When you're walking up, out of the canyon, the people walking down aren't saying, hey, where are you headed, you know, or vice versa, or you're walking down. It's either one or the other. Either I'm going down to the waterfalls there, 
or I'm coming up and I'm leaving. That's the only two destinations here that we have. There's only two ways, two directions, two destinations. As we continue to understand this idea, though, we need to see this. If I get in the flesh as a Christian, and I continue to take steps of disobedience, the Spirit of God says, come this way. I said, no, 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 I'm going this way. The further I go, the further away from the Lord. And as well, I am open now, opening myself to any of the sins that are there. I can get further and further away. I am now not growing. I'm going the opposite direction. And I'm not getting power over the flesh, but I'm having all the works of the flesh that are going to be manifest or clearly seen even in my life. But let's say um, I'm over here and uh, God works in my heart. And I'm convicted and I say, you know what? I need to walk in the spirit. When that takes place, I am now getting back on the path of the obedience and God's will and, of course, walking in the Spirit. When that's taking place, we're experiencing personal revival. And now I am walking. I'm experiencing revival. I might be way back here. Somebody else may be up here. They are walking in the Spirit as well. Now watch this. They're walking in the Spirit as well. But there's some that are walking in the Spirit, they're back there. They're not experiencing the same level of maturity as you are. But folks, there are people that are much more spiritually mature than you are. And they're further along. And they've been walking in the Spirit now this way. And they've been experiencing more and more of the life of God and the, the victory that He brings. But would you recognize this, that at any given point you're either filled with the Spirit or filled with the flesh. So let me ask, which is it for you? At any given point, are you walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh? Would you recognize the times that you're out of step of the, the Word of God and the Spirit of God and then recognize the very big impact of the last thing, the last truth? We see the two steps, step of faith, step of surrender. We see the two directions, either I'm walking one direction in the, the flesh or I'm walking the other direction in the Spirit and experiencing um, maturity but here are the two results. Two results. Spirit empowered or powerless. First of all, let's mention this on the two results. When you walk in the flesh, you render the Holy Spirit powerless in your life. Now, if you sin, if you walk in the flesh, you do not lose your salvation. I did not say that. You never are... Um, insecure or you're, you lose that salvation, you are totally secure and eternally secure in your salvation. And can we say amen to that? That no matter what, we are, uh, we are saved. But when we are walking in the flesh, let it be known, at that point we are rendering the power of the Holy Spirit ineffective in our lives. There's, there's, there's the works of the flesh that can be listed. Look, if you would, at verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication. Right out of the box, it mentions terrible sexual sins. Now, folks, there is no Christian that is not, this is not a possibility for. Well, I'm, I'm just too mature for this. I have seen people that have been married 40 years 45 years, 
50 years. And then they break up. They lose their marriages. I've seen people saved and uh, um, married perhaps 20 years. Then all of a sudden, here creeps in these sexual sins. Because somewhere along the line, they were secretly walking in the flesh, putting on some type of other front, but they're walking this direction, and it just builds in one sin after another, and they had the Holy Spirit the whole time. They're still saved. But it's as if there's no power of the Spirit available to them because they rendered Him ineffective. Adultery, fornication. Next is uncleanness. This is a moral uncleanness. Are there things in your heart and your life that you're letting in that just aren't clean? Things of the world will make you spotted. They'll make you filthy. They'll make you dirty. You know, if your kids go out and they play out in the rain and the mud and and the dirt, you say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not getting on the carpet. You're filthy. Why is it that we think we can have the filth of the world and we're so flippant and saying, I can have fellowship, I can have, I'm still walking with God, and we're deceiving ourselves. We're walking this direction and we're experiencing the, the sin and the works of the flesh in our lives and there's uncleanness right now in people's hearts. And you would, you would be embarrassed if your parents found out. You would be embarrassed if someone else knew the uncleanness. Would you say, dear God, I need to be clean. When's the last time you said, I know I've been cleansed and clean in my heart? Lasciviousness is the, uh, the idea of license. Continue on. It mentions uh, idolatry in verse 20. Anything that comes between you and God. First, an idol gets your attention. It stills your affection and becomes an authority. Well, what, what is gotten your attention from the world stole your affection love not the world neither the things that are in the world or becomes an authority and now it dictates what dictates what you do anything that becomes between you and god look whatever it is you say well are there christians that love things or love other stuff more than god yes we say how can you tell well how do you know what it is that you love more than god it's whatever you won't give to him Look, everything you have is from God. (laughs) Everything. Literally everything we have is supported by the churches and by God's people. When we have offerings and we travel, that's it. And and people say, well, you can live by faith or you're, you're doing that. Every one of us should live by faith. In your income, in your possessions, in your things, what is it that you're holding on to that you're not willing to give and give back to the Lord? It, it mentions variance, a, a contention, strife, uh, and a spirit, a, um, a matter of being argumentative. Pride, uh, pride is the center of this. Proverbs thirteen ten. only by pride cometh contention in this argumentation. Emulations is jealousy. Jealousy because if someone else is good at music or good at sports, or they're good looking or they have this talent or whatever. Then there, it mentions wrath and they're losing our temper. So many things that are in there. You know, some of you think, well, I'm getting victory because I got mad the other day, but I didn't say a bad word. <laughs> I got mad the other day, but I didn't punch a hole in the wall like I used to. I didn't kick the dog like I used to. Or the cat. Now, it's okay to kick a cat, but not a dog, okay? And uh, so, so oftentimes we're like, oh, 
I didn't do it. But you know, do you realize like, mm, that's not victory? <laughs> that's just suppressing. <laughs> victory, remember from yesterday, comes from the inside and works his way out. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Would you say, Lord, I've had some works of the flesh that have crept in. Do you argue? Do you argue with others? <laughs> Only when I'm right, <laughs> which is all the time. <laughs> I've just got to prove when they're wrong. I don't want to let them have untruth, Brother Miller. <laughs> Do you argue? Do you lose your temper? <laughs> you know, the, later on, the, the Bible talks about having the fruit of the Spirit, and long-suffering. What is long-suffering? It's the opposite of short-suffering. <laughs> a long fuse is opposite of the short fuse. <laughs> if you've ever done fireworks, you know the difference. It's very important. <laughs> we would like that little, that little fuse as a kid, you know, and then we'd run. <laughs> it's going to go fast. Watch out. Don't go near Dad. He's got a short fuse. <laughs> Rough day at work. Don't go near Mom. Things in the kitchen are not looking good right now. Short fuse. Let me ask, are the works of the flesh coming up and surfacing and manifesting themselves in your life? Why is that? It's because when we are walking in the flesh, we're rendering the power of the Holy Spirit ineffective. The Holy Spirit of God, who is there all the time, and has no problem overcoming the flesh. You know, you know the work, the flesh and the spirit, there's not, there's not like, here it is, there's an equal uh, a fight between the two. It is a massive power against something that's so tiny. Uh, kind of reminds me of our dog. Our dog, we have a miniature Dotson, and uh, she's eight and a half pounds. And uh, we've got, right now, we've got this line to hold her on, and the only one they had at the store was like for a 150-pound dog or something. You put it on, and she's like, wow. You know, she couldn't go anywhere with a string, let alone, you know, this big, heavy thing. But she, she's just this little bitty thing. Now, what if, you know, we saw, I mean, she sees this. Someone else on the, the ranch, they walk up and down with their German shepherd. She barks, yipe, 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 you know, at this German shepherd. But that German shepherd wanted to come over in one little you know, swallow, that my dog would be gone. There, there's no competition between the German Shepherd and my little miniature Dotson. <laughs> you see, so many times we think, oh, wow, the flesh is so powerful. When you're walking in the flesh, it seems that way. But every step you're taking in disobedience or dis in sin, you thought that thought, you had that jealousy, you lost your temper, you said that sharp word, Oh, here it is again, uncleanness coming in. Every step, the power of the Holy Spirit's right there behind you. Available, ready for you, but you're not accessing. And the emotion comes, and the emotion is, and the lie of Satan is, you can't get victory. You'll never be victorious over this. Oh, others can have a pure thought life, and others can uh, live in a godly way. You can, uh, but you're not going to be able to have that. And the emotion says, oh, no, you, you're just going to have to continue in sin. Look, folks, 
The power of the Holy Spirit is there all the time. And it's like this German shepherd ready to pronounce, ready to attack if you just depend upon the Spirit of God. At any point you say, dear God, would you please revive me? Lord, would you please give victory? I need to experience the Spirit's power. You see, first of all, we see this. When you walk in the flesh, you render the power of the Holy Spirit ineffective. But secondly, when you walk in the Spirit... You experience total victory over the flesh. When you walk in the Spirit, you experience total victory over the flesh. There is now a total victorious experience that we can have. Would we recognize that uh, to be true? And as we walk in the Spirit, we then have what? We have the fruit of the Spirit. Look, if you would, at verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There is one fruit, and it is this love of the Spirit of God that produces all of these. You get them all, and it actually comes by the Spirit of God. And would you jot this down? When you walk in the Spirit, His life produces His fruit. When you walk in the Spirit, His life produces His fruit. So it's not me. It's not my power. I, I don't overcome the flesh by saying, I'm going to stop this right now. I'm not going to get mad anymore. No, no, no. You just suppressed it. You're still in the flesh. You're still going this direction. It just didn't come out perhaps on the outside with a bad word, an action, some type of violence, or um, uh, some type of uh, uh, regretful activity. You're still going this direction. But when you yield to the Spirit of God, say, dear God, I need revival. I can't, I can't experience victory without you. Lord, I depend upon you. I surrender to you. And as you begin to walk in the Spirit, you're going to experience total victory over the flesh. There is no other way to get victory. And there we have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, these things are supernatural. These aren't based on emotion. They're not based on whether or not you get love first, whether or not you have it reciprocated to you. The love of God is there and it's available for you right now. Would you say, Lord, help me to have a love for others. Agape love is giving of oneself. I remember there is a um, there's a, a neighbor of mine who, I, who needed to be witnessed to, and I didn't want to witness to him. I, I came home from high school, and my mom said that our neighbor is in, um, uh, in the hospital. He's bad. Uh, would you go see him? He's probably unsaved. We probably don't know if he's on his way to heaven. Probably not. And I said, well, you get a lot of schoolwork and everything. It's a weeknight, you know, school night. I better not go. So, and I could drive, but... I'm, I'm scared. I was 16, 17, well, probably 17 at the time. I don't know. And I'm thinking, I, I'm scared to go to the hospital and, um, you know, and to talk to someone in the hospital and to give them the gospel. That would be a pretty big thing. And so she, I came home the next night and she said, hey, our neighbor, he is still there and he's in the hospital, but they said he's getting worse. He doesn't have much time. You, you better go see him. Well, you know, I got practice and all this, and I just made excuses. But really what I was happening is 
I was just full of fear and not love. Ended up the next day, I came home and my mom said, our neighbor passed away. Now, I don't know if he was saved or not. But if I were to guess, I'd guess that he's not and he wasn't. And that's haunted me for years because I was so selfish. Teenager, adult, you can be used of God and you can be used of God as a witness. But the only way you're going to have that love is to walk in the Spirit. And I tell you, Folks, it is a, not a natural thing for me to confront people. I go to New York City, and let me tell you, I've done that for 20 years, but every time, Brother Lang, it is out of my comfort zone. I go, Lord, I don't know why I have such a burden for New York City, and I don't know why I go there. I am scared every time. <laughs> but something overcomes me, and it's the love of God. And then I have boldness. Because when I'm filled with love, it casts out the fear. And I'm not thinking about Chris Miller and self-preservation anymore. I'm just thinking about that soul that's cold or hard, that's lost and is on their way to hell, and they can be saved. Let me ask you, are you experiencing the love of God? And is it coming out through you and a witness to others? How many people have you invited this week and for friend night how many times have you been actively and, and um, certainly been giving out the gospel with a, a loving, compassionate heart? Do you have that love? Do you have that joy that's supernatural? The apostles were thrown out of a city because of preaching the gospel. And it says they were thrown out and they dust the, the dust off the feet and they, they uh, were filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> they, they didn't say, that's it. You know, we're dusting dust off our feet and you just have your judgment then. No, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We find them in the book of Acts. Uh, we'll see this. They were singing at midnight. <laughs> we see them supernaturally having joy when it is not otherwise possible. What's been stealing your joy? Is it work? Is it Nashville traffic? Can I get a testimony? <laughs> I was in Chicago at a men's prayer meeting months ago. And they said, yeah, my daddy's moving to Tennessee. I've got to go through Nashville. The other guy goes, whoa, be careful. You know, you got to make sure you go through Nashville at the right time. And oh, it's just terrible traffic. I'm going, I'm in Chicago. And they're talking about Nashville traffic. <laughs> it has come a long way, folks. <laughs> Let me tell you. But can it really steal your joy? <laughs> Or did you have the joy or is it just a feeling at the time? What steals your joy? You see, would you say, Lord, help me to supernaturally walk in your spirit to overcome all of this discouragement, depression, sadness, to have joy. And look, if you've not trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not going to experience that joy or that peace, or that love, like you need to, that's the first step. Will you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, and then say, Lord, would you help me 
so tonight, what is it that you need to decide? Yes, I say, walk in the Spirit. But is it a step of faith to say, dear God, I need your power to overcome anger. I need your power to overcome my thoughts. I need your power to overcome uncleanness in my heart and my life. I need your power to overcome this. Or would you say, dear God, I need to surrender to you and your leadership. And if I surrender to you, then you would fill me with your, your life and your life would produce your fruit. And I need to have your fruit of love. Lord, I haven't been loving towards others. I haven't been a witness like I ought to. I'm so self-focused. I'm so worried about self-preservation. What are they going to think about me? Or, or perhaps will I endanger myself in some way? Will you decide right now? Dear God, allow me and help me to walk in the Spirit. But this is not a one-time thing. It is a consistent walk. Would you say, Lord, help me to consistently walk with you. How are you doing with spiritual consistency? Noah walked with God. That walking in the Spirit is is not just a one-time thing. It's step after step after step after step. Oh, I messed up there. I got into sin and flesh. Okay, Lord, I confess it. Okay, I'm back on path. I'm stepping, I'm stepping, I'm walking in the Spirit. Years ago, there's a young college-age young man, and he had to interview an evangelist. He asked me the question, what is your greatest weakness? took me three seconds. Spiritual inconsistency. Now, I've grown a lot since then, but I've realized this. At any point when I subtly or even on purpose just depend upon the flesh or try on my own, I am reminded again of my utter and total weakness. I cannot do it. Lord willing, I've been maturing a lot more since way back then. And I'll continue to go, but I've not arrived. None of us have. But would you say, dear God, help me to walk in your spirit and be so sensitive when the spirit of God speaks to me. So sensitive. You know, at the Bill Rice Ranch, there were about 40 head of horses. And years ago, I I got to ride a horse named Rusty. Rusty lived up to its name. Rusty was terrible. And uh, it was slow and wanted to go its own path and stop and eat grass. You say, well, you're just not a cowboy. I, this is true. Uh, but I can get the horse to go right and left and stop and, you know, at least go, you know, those type of basic things. But Rusty was tough. And I'd, I'd pull and pull and the cowboy said, kick him. Kick him harder. You know, kick him again and pull and, you know, do this. And I just, just so much. And the, other, the others had to bring up their horse and kind of scared to get it to go and catch up with the others. And just was terrible. But I've seen the head cowboy at the ranch, and he takes the reins and he drops the reins. And he says, walk. And the horse steps. He begins to walk. He goes, get up. Goes a little faster and canter and perhaps a, maybe into a gallop. And, and, and as is doing so, he says, ho or whoa. And the horse will stop all by listening to the voice of the master. Are you sensitive to hear the voice of the Spirit of God? Folks, it's not whether or not he's been speaking to you throughout the day or throughout the weeks. It's a matter of have you been sensitive enough to hear 
to listen and to obey. Would you say, dear God, that's what I need. I need to walk in the Spirit and that type of sensitivity, that type of consistency. God, would you help me to take that step of faith, that step of surrender, and continue on walking in the Spirit. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I ask for your grace and your strength right now in this invitation, Lord, I pray. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let me ask this. Are you experiencing total victory over the flesh? Who here would say, you know, I'm tired of walking in the flesh. And I, I need to get victory. I, I, there's something I'm going to trust God. And I'm taking a, I want to take a step of faith and trust God to get victory over something in the flesh tonight. If that's true for you, can you raise your hand just right now? I, with, with the Lord, God bless you. Praise the Lord. You can put them right back down. Let me ask, who here would say, Brother Miller, I'm not seeing the fruit of the Spirit in my life like that too. Love. Joy, that peace, that long-suffering, those supernatural things that are not stolen by my circumstances and my surroundings. Who will decide right now to surrender to the Spirit in these ways and say, Dear God, I'm not experiencing the fruit like I need to. And Lord, I'm surrendering in a specific area to you. If that's true for you, can you raise your hand about the fruit of the Spirit? God bless you. Good. Wonderful. You can place your hands down. Let me ask next, who here would say, Brother Miller, consistency got me are you continuing to walk in the spirit are you sensitive to his guiding his voice his leading who here would say brother miller would you pray for me for that spiritual consistency that i may continue to walk closer and mature more and not to see i've arrived but God spoke to me about this spiritual consistency. If that's true for you, can you raise your hand throughout the room? God bless you. A number, a number of hands. Let me ask finally, who here would say, Brother Miller, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm on my way to heaven. I, I'm not, I don't know if I've even taken that first step of trusting Jesus to be my Savior. And I will not embarrass you. I won't call you out but I will pray for you like I will pray for these others that have raised their hand. Is there someone here who said, would you pray for me? I just don't know if I've taken the first step. I don't know about the matter of heaven. Anyone like that, would you slip your hand up and let me pray for you tonight? Say, God, would you, God spoke into my heart. I'm just needing prayer tonight. Would you pray for me? Let me ask this. In just a moment, we'll stand and pray. And if God spoke into your heart, would you respond to him? and be sensitive and tender to his spirit. Everyone standing, let's bow for prayer. Everyone standing. Father, thank you so much for working in our hearts. Help us, Lord, right now to yield to you. Lord, I pray for those that said that they're making specific decisions about overcoming the flesh, specific decisions about surrendering to the spirit, to experience the fruit of the spirit. Lord, several, so many of us, Lord, my hands, my heart is pleading for this as well. Lord, for that spiritual consistency to continue to see the growth that I need to and, and to recognize when I'm not walking in the Spirit. Lord, help us all with that. Lord, those here that don't know for sure that about the matter of heaven, I pray that they would make the decision as well and to be saved tonight. With our heads bowed, with our eyes closed, if you raised your hand, let me ask you, would you take a moment and to step out from where you are and find a place to pray as the pianist plays? God's spoken to you about any of those things. Would you take a time and pray about that as she plays? God bless you. Good.
I need to overcome the flesh. I need the fruit of the Spirit. I need that spiritual consistency. So many said, that's what I'm lacking. That's what I need. Why don't you allow the Lord to help you in that area? Be sensitive. Be tender. And be attentive to the Spirit of God right now. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.